Good afternoon and welcome to On The Ball. Hello, everybody. Hope you've had a great week and you're ready for another huge edition of the show and another huge weekend of sport and Southwest footy. Alan Craney Crane is alongside me, as he always is on these uh, Friday afternoons. Good afternoon, Craney. Good afternoon, Chris. And that sounded huge, mate. Yeah. There, there is a lot on today, though, isn't it? A lot of news around the place, actually. A lot happening in Bunbury. There is. There is lots, of course, heading into a, a weekend of uh, of footy, which is good. The final round coming our way. You'll be guilty of the SWFL, so looking forward to that. We'll preview all of that. Uh, we've got women's finals, which is exciting as well. And some news that came through yesterday, of course, of the Perth Glory, Craney. They're coming to town in Bunbury, which is exciting. They're going to be playing Melbourne Victory. So two A-League clubs uh, in a pre-season match in Bunbury, which is very cool. Not just um, no, not just Glory against a local side, which is always good, but uh, two, two heavyweights of the A-League uh, are coming to town. Absolutely fantastic. You always love to see top-level sport, no matter what it is, and that will be absolutely, as we said in the start, huge for the town <laughs> and for everyone. Look, even the people that are not right into the soccer, because of the success of the Matildas, everyone got a bit of a taste for it. So I'd, they'll get a good crowd along there and looking forward to that. Yeah, Do they, we know what date it is? Yeah, well, that's where their little stumbling block is. October 1st is the date. Why have I got that in my diary, Chris? Uh, that would be the date of the SWFL Grand Final. <laughs> oh, no. So right? yeah, they might have a good crowd there, but I reckon they're severely limiting themselves with the uh, the numbers because sports lovers in Bunbury, you'd think, would be going to the grand final. Uh, so, yes, the glory is on, but I reckon they could have probably, I mean, who knows? There's obviously going to be a good crowd there and, and there is a, a strong soccer-loving population in Bunbury, but... A lot of those people might be already committed to the grand final or be wanting to go to the grand final or book tickets to the grand final, whatever it happens to be. And they might not then be able to make it to the uh, glory Melbourne victory match. So, it could have a vice versa effect there too, because, you know, they are two top level sides. And if people are armor and are, and normally once the grand final's on, people go along the Southwest Final League footy grand final to have a look. You're not wrong. That's the people are. Uh, all right, after the AFL Grand Final, of course, for some reason we're playing the day after the AFL Grand Final. So a lot going on on that particular day. At Hay Park, 3pm on October 1st is uh, the Perth Glory Melbourne victory match. So get in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter, SEN Spirit, and uh, let us know on the ball at sen.com.au, the email. You can let us know if uh, which one you're going to choose between. That'll be big. Get uh, ready. Looking yeah. forward to that myself. But uh, a lot else going on too. A big shout out to Chris, to John Meadmore, of course, the friend of the show, Bustleton champion, South Bunbury Premiership player as well, Kalgoorlie. He's done just about everything in footy. Mm. He plays his 200th game this weekend. How so good. to John Meadmore, congratulations, mate. you I look, he hasn't. He doesn't play too many bad ones, so hmm. there'll be two hundred. I reckon one hundred ninety-eight really good games and two not too bad games for Johnny <laughs> Meadmore. But <laughs> that's a fantastic know. effort. Well done. That is outstanding by him. And uh, and this weekend we could see a season with a hundred goals kicked as well in the in the regular season of the SWFL this weekend, Grady. So. Absolutely, Lee Coleman. I spoke to him before the broadcast game last week against Bunbury. And I said, Lee, do you know what would make it really special if you could kick 13 goals today and sort of get your 100th? Well, he had a fair crack at it, Chris. He kicked nine. Yeah. But uh, he needs four goals. So 
Someone said to me during the week, gee, it's a fair bit of pressure on young catcher Coleman. But if you know Lee, he is the most laid-back character that is going around. So I don't think he'll have too much stress throughout the week. Won't get to him, yeah. Did you know that South Murray's been going for 126 years and no player has done that feat from their club? The amount of wow. champions they've had through there in that time in the home and away season. So could be history in the making. It could be. We'll uh, we'll be waiting with bated breath until the final siren to see if he does kick that fourth snag. Coleman could be the uh, the man that kicks 100 goals in a regular season. We already saw it done in the lower Southwest Football League. Will we see it in the SWFL this season? Wowie, we'll uh, we'll preview that maybe a little bit more as it comes. And uh, absolutely, if it does happen, I reckon we'll probably uh, be half a chance of having a chat with Coleman uh, next the, um, week. Be a good afternoon to do it because South Murray have their president's lunch on uh, at the club and a couple of blokes you might know, mm-hmm. Anthony Kudafides and Ryan Crowley will be in attendance oh, yeah. for that. So Not I'll bad. be up on stage having a bit of a chat to them, Chris. So if anyone wants a ticket and come along and have a look, just give South Bunbury a ring and uh, book yourself a seat because it should be a good little prelude to what should be a good game of footy. One of my favourite all-time, almost memorable interviews was, was with Anthony Kudafides a few years ago on a different radio station. Uh, we said, we texted Kuda, said, mate, keen to come on, have a chat uh, on our breakfast show and, uh, you know, just just talk all things uh, footy, Carlton, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, boys, uh, no worries. We'll uh, we'll jump on. Let's have, let's have a yarn. We, uh, we get him on the next day. Anthony, great to have you on the show, mate. A, a real pleasure to to be joined by you. Wow, what a season Carlton are having so far. Uh, what have you made of it? Oh, boys, I don't really watch that much footy nowadays. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> great. Well, that's, that's one of the questions out the window. <laughs> what are we talking about then, Anthony? So we ended up, I don't know, having a yarn about Soplakis and uh, and Yiros and, and kebabs and all the <laughs> all these different bits and pieces, uh, a bit about his career, but that's not where the prep had gone. So it was a, um, a very interesting interview where uh, we, he thought we were doing one thing, we thought we were doing another, and it was uh, an absolute disaster. Very early days in radio for me. Cranny, but uh, now I'm always prepared and ready for uh, whatever. You live and learn, learn, don't you? Exactly There's right. always a way to go. And Ryan Crowley should be good to have a chat to. Always, of course, always. he played for the Collie Eagles. Did you know that, Chris? Oh, I did know that. Yes, he's uh, um, he's a great Southwest man. He's uh, I think he played four games. He's he's no no. He's a legend <laughs> of the Collie Football Club of the Southwest yeah, Football League with his four games, <laughs> just like David <laughs> Mundy is, just yeah, like right. uh, Stephen Milne is as well. Uh, yeah. But no, two two good fellows. You always hear about Ryan Crowley, and I've had a, a, a couple of chats with him over the journey. Not many, but you always hear what a champion bloke he is. You know, absolute animal on the field, a pest in the, in the AFL. But um, when when you actually meet him as a bloke, there are very few that are nicer in footy. So that's going to be funny. a good day. He's good to talk to, isn't he? And he has some good stories because I don't think too many people would be as disliked as Paul no. Ryan was during his boy opposition clubs. Absolutely loved yeah. boys free metal club. So I'm looking forward to that. That should be a, a good morning, afternoon, slash afternoons chat. Absolutely. It's a big show. We've uh, we've got plenty coming your way. Chris Kinnamont, the Eaton coach, is going to join us in just a little while. We'll talk, obviously, all the umpiring and lower southwest footy, as we always do with Vance and Weaver, respectively. And then we're going to chat with Justin Frizz from the Southwest Times. Craney to get the lowdown on the SWFLW. That's a lot to say, isn't it? Yeah, well, look, Justin Fridges, he's 
the top man to talk about the Women's Footy League, which has been a sensational season, starting their final series this Friday night, actually. So we'll find out all about it and um, who's going to win. That'll be the big point. This is On The Ball with Craney and Chris. All thanks to My Truck Wash Express, open 24-7. Drive your truck through, no breakup required. And MGIB, like a good neighbour, MGIB is there. Visit MGIB.com. Oh, yeah. A bit of Iggy with a lust for life coming back from that break. I'll tell you what. When you're coming into the final rounds and finals is in the air, the weather is the way it is, you got a real lust for life, I reckon, Craney. This is On The Ball with Craney and Chris, and we're about to look back on those round 21 fixtures thanks to Wilson's Brewing. It's beer that's brewed by locals for locals. And what a round it was, Craney. It was absolutely – well, most of it went to plan, didn't it? Apart from your tips, Chris. Yeah, look. Now that – now you've let Darren Kenny get away to a two-shot lead with one hole to play. So I had a foolproof gonna... strategy, but it turns out I was a fool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it didn't quite work. But uh, I tell you, it's still got a round to make it up, but this next round's going to be hard to pick. But the round just gone. Mm. Bustleton took on HBL. They did. And pretty much went to, to plan. Bustleton, a very, very good football side. Liam Crichton, and this has been a – a real positive for this league up here, and I think it went through the AFL as well. The power forwards are kicking bags of goals, and it's been great to watch. Liam Crichton, he, he got nine on the weekend, absolutely sensational. He covers a lot of ground, and when he is on song, he is as good as any player going around, no doubt about that. Mitch Tanati, Jackson East, they've both had outstanding seasons. Jackson East, he has a ton of ability. Mitch Fraser's had a great year. Jason Frisch. All those Bustleton, as I said before, you can go through that whole Bustleton side and there's been no passengers. There's real competition for spots mm. in that side, which they're all at training, they're all putting everything in together and they'll be looking forward to the final series. HBL, big Jack Fletcher, the Ruckman, he has had a very good year. Connor Caboni, the same. Sean Arrowsmith, good young player, Sean Arrowsmith, but they just didn't have the talent to run with a Bustleton side. Uh, no, unfortunately not. So, yeah, 18-11-119, Bustleton to HBL's 6-1-37 in Bustleton. At least they kick straight. Uh, very HBL. true, very true. Bustleton's form is scary. Has been all season, but especially now leading into finals. Oh, boy, wouldn't like to be coming up against them. We'll be chatting about that more uh, later on. And as the weeks progress, the second game on the Saturday was Harvey up against the Panthers in Kerry Park. 7-6-48, the Bulls, Kerry Park, 21-12-138. They took no prisoners. And they didn't at that, and they stitched up second spot on the ladder. And what a season Kerry Park have had under coach Frank Gattaliano. I caught up with him on Sunday, and he was very pleased with his side's efforts. And they get a bye this week, mm. which is a, a big bonus. They get a little bit of a rest before the finals, but they just outplayed Harvey Bulls. Harvey Bulls threw a fair bit out of and they've had one of those seasons we've spoke about it before. Andrew Hayden is a very good footballer for them. Harley Burnell's back in pretty good form. He kicked three for the Bulls. And Dylan Marino, young player, coming through. Look, they tried pretty hard, but when you got that Kerry Park side up and running, they are very, very hard to stop. Billy Brown, he's gone into the ruck and become a bit of a, a mobile ruckman, which frees up Verhaf and King. Jackson Bell led from the front. He is a very, very good leader. And the best part about that, 
Kerry Park side is their goals were very evenly spread. To kick 21 goals and to spread them through your side like that, sign of a really good football side. And, look, they are absolutely flying, the Panthers. Bustleton Kerry Park grand final, Craney? Oh, a bit of water to go under the bridge before you declare that one, I think. I'm locking it in. We'll move on to the Sunday <laughs> fixtures. Bustleton, Bustleton Kerry Park just grown. <laughs> You're tipping this year, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Augusta Margaret River, 11-11-77. Dunsborough, 4-10-34. Uh, we're talking about poor kicking, but, um, yeah, that, that hurt them. Yeah, Dunsborough starting to get to it. It's been a long season for Dunsborough, mm. to be honest. Uh, you know, they had one of the, we keep saying, one of the toughest things they ever do to come in. This is the first season underway. I think they've done a terrific job. But AMR, look, that'd be... They'd be pretty cranky they missed out on that fifth spot and they didn't miss out on being very much because they're starting to get their players back and they are playing some of the best football they have. Savvy Grantis, again, very, very good. Zach Dono, good. Pigeon, good. They're good players are back playing some very, very good football. Sam Goldstone, pretty good for the Dunsborough and Chris White, he's had a pretty good season. Max Patterson led from the front. But hey, I'm uh, back to a bit of form and I reckon, Chris, yeah. there'd be a few of those top sides Reasonably happy that AMR are not in that mm. um, top five because when they're on, they are a, a good footy side. Well, the last couple of grand finals would uh, would agree with that statement 100%. Collie Eagles took on Donnybrook, a nice close contest here as the Eagles just went down 9-5-59 to the Dons, 8-18-66. Well, I can tell you there was a few Donnybrook spectators and players and coaches with a little bit of a panic situation yeah. there because Collie threw it all before him. I mean, two goals, 10 by Donnybrook at halftime. Probably wasn't their best shooting at goals. Mm. But they were 10 points down at halftime and we were thinking, wow, could this be the biggest upset of the season by far? And it wasn't until late in the last quarter that the Dons actually kicked away a little bit, end up winning by the very small margin of seven points. I take my hat off to Collie, Chris, because they haven't had the best of season. They've been under pressure. And uh, to fight out the second last game of the season like that, pretty shows a fair bit of character, I'd reckon. Jack Davison, good for him. Barker, big null at Abbott. Davison, of course, kicked four for Collie. Uh, Donnie Brook, Corbett, well, he kicked four for him. Not a bad outside player is Corbett. Howlett, well, he's, he's an absolute genius. Everyone knows that. And Giblet and Chewy are very good. Giblet, a very good defender for the the Dons, but I reckon they'd be just happy they picked up the four points. And we touched on this game a little bit earlier on. Nine goals uh, for Wilson's Brewing Company, fresh and delicious beers, brewed locally by locals for every adventure. Nine Wilsons for Lee Coleman, who is now only four goals away from the 100 as South Bunbury, they kicked 15-7-97 to down Bunbury 9-9-63 at Payne Park. Yeah, a bit disappointing, wasn't he? He only got nine. I mean, he could have got no. Yeah, that's on, an mate. outstanding effort by Catcher Coleman. This is as good as I've seen South Bunbury play all year. Just the way they used the footy, they were selfless. We tend to have had a bit of a look at them going through the se- uh, season, but this they tied it all together at the right time. Coleman kicked nine, but Adam Hunter, he was back to his very best. He was sensational. Kick four for the South Bunbury side, but their real big assets were the South Bunbury back line, we talked about the power of um, Martin Horton up the front along with their other real good players. But their south back line managed to shut, shut them down and Martin, I think, got one goal from a relayed free kick. Horton might have kicked one. But that was an outstanding 
defensive effort, you know, Thompson was absolutely underrated, Martin Thompson. He's a former South Bunbury captain, but uh, he done a fantastic job. Leads from the front down there. And uh, that was a very, very good game of footy to sit and watch. Denham King, um, Heisman, he was very good. Congratulations, Dylan Heisman, 100 games. Hmm. Outstanding couple of goals the season. Yeah, a couple of goals. He is always a good player. Little Bunbury wouldn't be... Their chances of getting to to move up a spot were slim anyway. That's gone. They'll finish in fifth, so they'll rebuild and bounce back. But a pretty good game of footy. But, yeah, South Bunbury all plus for them. That was round 21 in the SWFL. We are on to round 22, which we'll preview a little bit later on. But the penultimate round done and dusted. We're into the final round before finals, of course. And you can hear all the uh, the analysis from Alan Crane right here on On The Ball, SEN Spirit 621. That segment, thanks to Wilson's Fresh and Delicious Beers for Every Adventure, brewed locally by locals. This is Craney and Chris here on SEN Spirit. We're going to be back in just a moment chatting with the great Chris Kinnamont, the Eaton coach. They had the bye on the weekend. We'll uh, chat about what's next for the Boomers. <laughs> Thanks for your company on this Friday afternoon, Craney and Chris. Appreciate you tuning in, SEN Spirit. All thanks to My Truck Wash Express and MGIB. And uh, it's time to continue the Southwest Football League chat, Craney. It's been a difficult season for the Eaton Boomers, but there are green shoots. There are positive signs for the future, and uh, we're going to take a look at, uh, at that with our next guest. Absolutely are, and they will play their last game for this season tomorrow, or is it Sunday? I'm not quite sure. Sunday, I think it is, because we should know we're actually covering against Dunn's Cray. It's on our so better, it's on our station. <laughs> so I better put that in my book. But we're gonna. Oh, he's a great a friend of the show. He's been on before. The Eaton coach and Chris Kinnamont. Good day, Kenners. Hey, Craney. How are you, Chris? How are you? Oh, well, I think I I think I finally got the date right. It is Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, Sunday 2-10, mate, bounced out. Right, mate. Uh, first season as league coach, and probably fair to say it's been pretty tough on you. What have you learnt over season 2023? Yeah, it's been a bit of a baptism of fire. Hmm. Uh, started probably December last year, thinking that we might have a reasonable list, and there was a mass exodus of players, which has been um, sort of widely broadcast. Um, as I said to the guys earlier in the year, we've got to deal with a bit of adversity and be resilient. Um, we played some good footy at times, and obviously we played we've, uh, had a lot of turnovers. Been super costly for us. You know, the opposition sides have rebounded well off our turnovers and scored and scored heavily, and we haven't been able to do the same thing going the other way. So um, obviously that's an area we'll focus on over the summer. Um, yeah, certainly a lot. Learn a lot. Um, first year of coaching, one you know about myself, about the playing group. Um, you know we don't have a massive membership base either, but that's something we, you know hopefully over the next few years we can grow. And you know, if you're winning games, obviously you attract people to the club and and attract players too. So that's uh, you know season 24 has already started really. Um, you know we still got one more game to go. We'll we'll go in the reasonable spot against Dunsborough on. Sunday, uh, obviously they'll be looking for a win too, so it should be a sort of bottom of the table, sort of cracker game, I would imagine. You know, 
clubs, clubs are very proud, so four, four points up the grab still. So we'll certainly uh, looking forward to a win and trying to get off the bottom of the ladder. Something to spruik about a couple of cordials with you after the game, training. It sounds very good. What's your process from here, Kinners? Um, game finishes at five o'clock. What do you do then? Review the season, then work out what you might need for next year. What's your plan of attack? Yeah, as, as I said, that process sort of started on a minor level, but we'll, we've got a footy department meeting planned for next Saturday afternoon, so we'll sit down a couple of hours and go through the lists and um, work out what we need to fill in a few gaps for next year. Um, you know, obviously, we're looking for some key, key defenders and uh, a big key forward will be will be a, it's a, it's a luxury, so that's something we're certainly looking for. Insane with the key defender. That's no disrespect to the, the back six we've had this year. They've been under siege all year and they've tried their guts out. So I tip my hat to them, and I've sort of mentioned that at you know every game that you know they've they tried their guts out all year and they played on some pretty pretty prominent forwards. And you know, at times our, our defenders have stood real tall too. So um, yeah, we'll we'll sit down with all the coaches. Um, cut the guys off the board. We'll we'll go through the list and we'll, we'll go from there. And um, you know we've already made some contact with some players in Perth and find out what their whereabouts and plans are for next year. So, uh, but it'll, it'll all start. It'll, our 24 season will start next Saturday, virtually. And um, you mentioned turnovers, and I mean all clubs have them. If you could stop them, you'd be a super coach. But you have had a, a, a bigger amount than. How do you go about fixing them in the off season? It's just getting the footies out early and get. How do you get that decision making a bit better? Yeah, I think it's probably not decision making. Obviously, that is a key a key factor. But I think it's just efficiency rate of using the football and and version, and skill level. So, you know, we've had a lot of discussions this year about um, being balanced when you're disposing of the football, and a lot of our turnovers have come off unbalanced sort of play and uh, and just foot skills in general. Um, that's that's been critical for our for our turnovers this year. You know, we've probably been averaging 40, turn, 40 to fifty turnovers a game, and that's you know the, the opposition time sides eyes light up when that happens, and they they rebound and kick goals off the back of our turnovers, and we haven't been been able to do it down the other way. So that's hence that's why we you know our, if you look at our goal points ratio, our, our points outweigh our goal efficiency. So um, that's obviously another area we need to focus on. Does that also come down to the confidence to be able to talk, to let your player know that he has got a bit of space? Is that another area of game that could improve? Oh, definitely. That's. I think I speak about that every week since December, about communication with your, your teammates. and That's an area that the group need to grow on and have a bit of faith in each other and a bit of belief and um, start playing as a 22. And that's a, you know, there's been times this year where where you, there's been examples of there's just been no talk within the playing group, you know, around the contests, around the stoppages, you know, around the one-on-ones and ones-on-threes, and that's that's been a highlight, to be honest with you. One of the big pluses and a huge plus is the performances of Paul Rinder and Greg Humphreys for the Eaton side. They are they've been absolutely sensational. Yeah, they have, Alan. Um, we're pretty lucky to fortunate to get Paul and obviously Greg's been around the club for a little while now and both these seasons have been you know, superb um, 
maybe a little bit of a different role for Greg on the weekend. But, um, we had a chat last night at training. We'll, we'll try something a little bit different to upset Wisey's plans. And um, Paul's been superb. I think he's come off the ground once this year as a sole ruckman. I think he's been probably, you know, at a, what have we played, 18 games, whatever it might be, 17 games. He's probably come off the ground for about three minutes, if that. So he's a workhorse and he thrives on it. Um, and he's just got his ruck work that's been dominant with some of our clearances. Um, this is work around the ground too. He's been in his ability to win his own ball too. He's been fantastic. I'm sure you know, if we won a few more games, he'd probably vote pretty highly in Haywood. I think both of them will probably score pretty well, I think. I'd like to think so anyway. Chris Kinnamont joining us, the coach of the Eaton Boomers. Talk about those two who uh, are... Uh, a genuine stars the competition, but who else has impressed you? Especially some of the young guys. If we're looking forward to next season, who do you think is going to take that next step? That uh, you're kind of going to say, you know what, this guy's got something, and and someone that fans uh, would be keen to go and watch. Yeah, most of the year we've talked about before going to those players. We'll just we talked about attitude, and it's probably you know the young ones probably need to probably adjust to a bit more sort of semi. Professionalism, way they go about their football, playing in the Southwest Football League at league level. So that's something that's going to grow on them or develop them. Um, there's some kids coming through yeah, year 10s that are playing on the weekend. They'll potentially play league, uh, sort of Colts football next year and then progress into the league ranks. Um, got the two Kent boys in Lachlan Kent who's been part of our back six last month and played some really good football. Um, his kicking skills have been sublime. Um, as our designated kicker, kicks a long low ball and which penetrating, which has been really good and hitting sort of Greg and Rinder deep outside 50, which has been really good. So he's been really happy with his last month of football. So he's going to develop into a um, good defender for us. Um, his brother Bailey, who's coming through the year 10s, he's going to have a pretty sound football career. If he, I would assume he'll probably get a crack at Peel um, over the pre-season. Um, a couple of other guys that are coming through the juniors as well. Uh, another fella, Alex Saborn, who's played a few Colts games this year. He looks like he's going to be a good sort and can play at either end of the field. Um, we've got a couple of tall, skinny fellas in Zai Trunkio and Reese Gardner have got plenty of ability and probably um, they're going through a bit of a growing phase. So once they fill out a bit, they're going to be pretty handy in the future too. Um, there's a couple of other guys there still going through that development phase and um, that have already played league football and we just got to get their attitude right and their commitment to the game and commitment to the club, and they could be um, superb players going forward as well. What about, Kinesi, you did say a few went travelling, a few local blokes, and a few went to Lower South West. Is there a bit of a plan to round them up and sort of um, entice them back to the footy club? Yeah, it certainly is. That's been in discussions this week, actually, with a couple of stakeholders. Um, you know, the door's open to anyone at the moment. Probably half a dozen times you see we've had to double up players. You know, we, I, think, I think against Seattle we might have had nine. We had five reserves and four Colts players. So, you know, that's not ideal. Um, that probably represents where we are on the ladder. So we want to get as many numbers to the club as we can, uh, create some depth and sort of get away from doubling up. I know we're not the only club that are going through that at the moment. There's plenty of others too, so it's not not ideal, but you've got to be able to just manage that list and you know, we can attract a few more players to the club. The doors are open. Uh, we're happy to pick up the phone and discuss anything with any players you know, that have left the club and 
I think you're coming back, whatever issues you had, bring them to the table, we'll address them, we'll fix them, and we'll um, build, a, build a big list for next year with a bit of luck. And on the positive note, there's um, some juniors being played on the weekend finals. Yeah, there is, mate. Love this time of year, finals time. I think everyone does. You know, the, the weather gets better and more sales grow, which is great. So um, but the juniors have got four teams in on the weekend, the uh, year six, seven girls. Um, they're playing at Glen, uh, sorry, Deaton. Um, I think the year eights are playing away and the nines and tens are playing at Glen Hewen on... Saturday afternoons, starting from one o'clock, so I'll encourage our our play playing list, Culture Reserves League, to get down and support them. Um, you know, they're part of their future of our club, so uh, we'll get down and support them and wish the coaches and all the players all the best and the junior club all the best for the weekend. I'll be down there myself. So um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Now, Kinnis on another note, you're going down the slide for the MMD hey. Big Freeze. You're going to join Chris going down. You're on. Um, no, you've right, raised. You've greatly raised a bit of money. And I'm just looking down the list, Chris. You're you're still yet to break the duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the campaign hasn't started quite yet. But if anyone wants to donate, they can uh, they can get along. I'll, I'll, we'll put the website up on the podcast link, and then we can uh, can give freely to try and boost my numbers up a little bit. Well, from zero. <laughs> <laughs> How's your costume you going, Kinnis? You haven't donated yet, Craney, obviously. No, no, I'm just waiting to get, get him shortly. But, <laughs> mate, he, he made $13 last year, hey, so I'm yeah, going to yeah, make yeah. sure he gets that. Oh, that wouldn't even well, buy you a pint at the Wally. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like thirteen fifty. I made in the end. Oh, thirteen fifty. Right? sorry, mate. Jeez. So, I guarantee uh, you'll get above uh, that. Uh, looking forward to that day. Um... Obviously, an old sparring partner of mine in Scotty Hoff. We played against each other back in the 90s, and you know, it was pretty sad to lose him the other week. Uh, and obviously, uh, all the fundraising goes to a fantastic cause. Um, yeah, you know, costumes tucked away somewhere. I have to dig it out in the shed somewhere. So, um, you yeah, know, looking forward to it, catching up with everyone. And I see there's a few other coaches involved too, and um, a few other, obviously, personalities and sports people that are. Going to get involved in a fantastic day. Kinnis, I've got an Elsa dress if you want to hire it. <laughs> 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 Might be a bit big. Actually, we'll probably um, pair up well with what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, love your work, uh, Chris. Appreciate you jumping on. Best of luck for uh, for the final game of the season and uh, best of luck for the off-season as well. Sounds like it's going to be a big one with lots of uh, excitement and, uh, and positivity for fans going forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I just didn't want it to be a one, two-year wonder. And mm-hmm. I've got some plans. We're about to launch a bit of a junior program with the juniors as well to um, create a little bit of a pathway to the Eaton Football Club. Uh, just while I've got this opportunity, we've got a couple of events, just a bit of an ad for the club as well. We've got um, yeah. AFL Grand Final Bash Day on the 30th of September. So the club's open to anyone and everyone. There's, uh, the guys have organised it couple of events on the Oval at half time and after the after the game as well so that should be a fantastic day uh, and also we've got our club wind up on the 7th of October so that's been advertised on Facebook so those players and members that want to be involved tickets can be purchased through the through the club uh, I'll speak to Darren DeMarty or myself uh, and we'll make, a, make a couple of memorable events Love it, good on you mate, appreciate you uh, jumping on and yeah best of luck for it all 
Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me throughout the year, and um, we'll catch up after the game, Cronny. Absolutely. Coach of the Eaton Boom is Chris Kinnaman joining us here on On the Ball with Crony and Chris. All thanks to My Truck Wash Express, East Picton. Open 24-7. Drive your truck through, no breakup required. And MGIB, like a good neighbour, MGIB is there. Welcome back on the ball with Craney and Chris. Thanks to My Truck Wash Express and MGIB here on SEN Spirit 621. It's Friday afternoon. Uh, it's been a big show, Craney. A lot of chat around the, uh, the SWFL as we head into the final round, of course. But we thought we'd change things up and uh, we're already about to hit finals. This weekend in the women's competition. We are doing just that. So we thought we'd bring the guru in, actually, Chris. Southwest Times sports journalist, Justin Frizz. Good afternoon, Frizz. G'day, Crony. G'day, Chris. G'day to all the listeners. Well, the day is upon us. Friday afternoon, couple of hours. Everyone will be down at Kelly Park for week one of the finals. And I tell you what, what a way to open it with Bunbury against the Harvey Bulls. Absolutely. Now, before we get on to that, Justin, um, just the women's season on the whole, starting finals, but there's a few sides obviously dropped out. What have been a couple of your highlights throughout the season? Yeah, definitely. There's been plenty. I mean, firstly, Bustleton going the majority of the season undefeated, just the one defeat against Bunbury, which we'll touch on a bit later. They, you know, their percentage was well over a thousand for the majority of the season. There was a point in the year where they went about seven games without conceding a point, which quite remarkable. You can have a side that's undefeated with no percentage, but we had that. But some of the other positives I thought Dunsborough women, their second year in the competition, they finished up winning three games. There was there was a lot more continuity there and. Another real highlight for me was with the Eton Football Club, obviously Christy Jetta having her first season as coach, but they were able to get Ebony Dowson, the captain of Peel Thunder's Waffle W side down there, arguably one of the best players in regional WA, and rather than her going to one of the, the powerhouse clubs, she's decided to give back to country footy being a Goldfields girl herself and has gone to Eton and helped them win a couple of games, which I think we can all agree that that's a positive sign when you've got genuine superstars wanting to give back to our local kids. Absolutely agree with you, mate. Now, you keep a very close eye on the competition, of course. You're over most things sport in the southwest. Harvey and Bunbury, 6 o'clock Kelly Park, the qualifying final. What's your thoughts? It's going to be very interesting. Uh, I watched both of these sides last week. Uh, the the interesting thing for me about it will be with the Harvey Bulls in terms of selection, who lines up for them. They had a few out last week. you got to spare a, a thought for Emma Faulkner. She was leading the goal-kicking heading into the last round on 30 goals. She wasn't able to play last week against Kerry Park because of a bit of a niggle. She picked up a week or two earlier, so... 
she was unable to play, and so Lacey Holdsworth and Daisy Rigby obviously had their shootout at opposite ends. Um, Daisy Rigby goes into this game for, for Bunbury fellas in incredible form. She's kicked 35 goals in nine games. That's after a full season with Swan Districts. And last week she broke the individual goal-kicking record for a women's game down here, kicking nine. So she'll be one to watch and one that the Bulls are going to have to keep their eye on. But not just having Faulkner out, they also miss Rachel Wright, their captain, and Trinity Brown was unavailable as well. So I'm going to be keen to see if they slot in. But Bunbury look very, very good. They've won six in a row. And I say openly, any any team coached by Stephen Bilsich is worth a chance. So... On what I've seen recently, the Bulls are good and they're probably able to take it up to Bunbury. But if I was going to lean either way, I would pick Bunbury to get the job done and advance and take on Bustled and a side that they only beat about six weeks ago. Just to throw one in there, Justin, Daisy Rigby, you mentioned her, she's in sensational form with 35. If Harvey are able to keep her quiet, where do the goals come from from Bunbury? Well, the good thing about this Bunbury side, Crane, is that they've got so many different weapons. So, yes, Rigby is effective, but they've also got Melinda, Bobby, Nakia, Jilly. They've got Chloe Bassett, Ruby Marnie, Indiana West. Now, Indiana West is only 16, 17 years old. One I really think we need to watch. She finished third in the best and fairest for Swans senior side this year and only her second or third year of footy. So... They, they've got plenty of options, but so, so do the Bulls as well. But I just, I'm a big believer in momentum and sides that take winning form into a final series. Just the way that Bunbury are playing, they, I'm really, as you can tell, I'm a, hmm. I'm a big rap for the way that they go about it because there's no selfishness in the way that they go about it. They don't care who kicks a goal. They all work together, as do Harvey Bulls. Yeah, well, it's uh, hard to go past Bunbury the way you're, you're spruiking them, but uh, we'll see what happens tonight, of course. It is a finals footy feast. So we've got that game. Who are you, who are you tipping, Chris? Uh, Harvey against Bunbury, clearly Bunbury. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to go the whole way. And then Donnybrook and HBL is on just after it, also at Kelly Park. So we've got uh, the double header tonight. This is the elimination final. What are we expecting in this one? Yeah, well, well first, first and foremost, I think everyone should dip their lids to the work that Harvey Brunswick Leshenold have done. This is their first finals appearance since 2019. They had a couple of lean seasons, um, but they they've gotten into fifth spot this year. They've played a good brand of footy. Um, they're not afraid to tackle. They, they play a hard game, so it's a, a great reward for them and to all the volunteers that have put a lot of time in. It, it, it'd be great to see them do well, but I think Donnybrook will just have too much firepower. Um, plus, they've also got Max Jetter as coach. And just, to, you know, Craney knows I love to throw stats in here. Heading into t- tonight's game, uh, Max Jetter has a 6-1 and one finals record in women's games down here. Three of those are grand finals. So... If anyone knows how to get the job done in a finals game, he does. But it, having said that, it will be his first ever as an elimination final because when he was at South Bunbury, of course, they finished higher on the ladder and 
it was a bit of a quicker path, but I'm going for Donnybrook. And uh, what about Lisa Holdsworth? 37 goals for the year and Beth Bond for Donnybrook. That's a pretty dynamic forward setup. Yeah, and, and again, they, they work really well together. Uh, Lacey Holdsworth has been excellent. Spent a bit of time up at East Perth earlier this year, so she's had some Waffle W experience as well as has Beth. She's been at South Fremantle. They've been a bit undermanned the last couple of weeks. Donnybrook, they've had a few injuries. They've really battled adversity in terms of some games they've had none on the bench, some games they've had 16-15. But credit to this group and the way that Max has got them prepared because they just roll up their sleeves and go to work, which I think we can all say is an admirable way to go about your footy, even if things are sometimes against you. And for HBL, Claire Brown's got 18 for the season and Zoe Roberts, 18. They need to spread their load. They'll have to have big nights, I would imagine. Yeah, the big thing for HBL, fellas, is that they have to start really, really well and they can't afford Donnybrook to get on a roll because Donnybrook don't need a lot of opportunities to to get firing. The midfield as well is going to be important. They've got Jess Verbrugge in there who won a Nola Marino medal a couple of years ago. Uh, they'll have to keep tabs on her. But I think the biggest thing for HBL is they just have to tackle, tackle, tackle and just pressure the ball carrier and just attempt to make it as difficult as possible. But as we know, as as much as I've predicted Donnybrook to win this game, could go either way because, as we both know, uh, finals can sometimes bring up outcomes that we didn't foresee. Mm. With the... Bustleton got the week off, Dustin, and um, where, where do they sit in the scheme of things? Are they, as you said, been very, very good early on in the season? There's been a few sides, got a few extra players. Where does Bustleton sit? Still the side to beat? Definitely the side to beat. However, I would be very, again, I don't want to put the horse before the cart, but I, I would be very keen to see not only how the Harvey Bulls tackle them in a final, but how, if Bunbury are fortunate enough to get there, how they would take them on because both Bunbury and Bustleton match up very well against each other. The key for them, obviously, their local players I mentioned earlier, Rigby, Marnie, West, coming back from the Waffle W along with Chloe Bassett. They've really added a bit of extra firepower in there and it's just really, really exciting to watch. So I definitely, they're the reigning premiers for a reason. They play a high brand of football. Shout out as well to Rennie Meadmore. She's done a a great job with this group. It hasn't always been easy for her with player points and things like that. She's had to shuffle things around selection-wise. But, uh, yeah, if you had a slip saying that you you were predicting Bustleton to win the flag, you definitely wouldn't be going in to collect just yet. Absolutely not, man. It's uh, it's going to be huge. That's all tonight, of course, in uh, just a couple of hours' time, a few hours' time, we'll see the Harvey Bulls take on Bunbury and Donnybrook take on HBL and uh, Bustleton still looking very, very strong as we head into uh, the finals of the SWFL Women's. Justin Frizz joining us from the Southwest Times. Justin, uh, before we let you go, the news broke yesterday that we're going to see the Perth Glory take on the Melbourne Victory in Bunbury at Hay Park. October 1st at 3pm, which, uh, as we mentioned, 
is coincidentally the same date as the SWFL Grand Final. It seems like it's it's a great it's great to have two A League sides coming to Bunbury and putting on a show. But the date it probably maybe could have been thought out a little bit better. Yeah, I uh, would would have thought that the the A League would would have been aware of where our loyalties lie on Grand Final Day. I say openly that. Uh, I'm all about local sport first and foremost. So uh, I know where I'll be on October 1. It'll be on grand final day supporting our local participants. But having said that, it, it it's good to see the A-League come here. But uh, I, I, yeah, I just hope it doesn't affect crowds for either event mm. because at the end of the day, we all love our sport down here, but we don't need to be thinly stretched as it looks like we will be on that particular day. <laughs> Isn't it great to see, Justin, though, top-level sport head down to this neck of the woods? Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it's the way forward. I just uh, just briefly was talking to John Saxon the other day from NRLWA, and he was talking about should a future NRL side come back to Perth. Obviously, we haven't had a side in since 1997. They'd be looking at playing trial matches in places like Bunbury and Geraldton and Albany. So it's good to see that stakeholders at the national setting are beginning to take our venues seriously. And, of course, with Hands Oval getting redeveloped, where, you know, hopefully we can attract everything. We just got to get we, Chris. What do you reckon? We got it. We just got to get Crony a few more MC gigs. I, I, any chance I get to see him <laughs> in that white polar bear suit, I just I'll make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The penguin suit as well. Last year at the Big Freeze was a was a was a hit. He's gone as Elsa from um, from Frozen as well. So I can tell you what, Chris. It took a lot of material to make that dress <laughs> <laughs> loves a dress up and uh, and and yeah, if he can MC in those. Outfits, you get the best of both worlds. So, yeah, hundred percent. Get him. I'm seeing it uh, at the grand. Well, we commentating the grand final for the SWFL, uh, and then maybe run over and do something at the A League preseason game as well. <laughs> be a busy man on grand final day. Justin, you're a busy man, and we appreciate you giving out some of your time here on on the ball this afternoon. Anytime, fellas. Have a good weekend. Good mate. You too. Enjoy the finals tonight. The SWFL Women's Finals. They kick off Harvey take on Bunbury at uh, 6 o'clock and Donnybrook take on HBL after that, 7.30. This is On The Ball with Craney and Chris. Free kick here. Do not speak to me like that. Let's talk umpiring. We do it with this man, Vance Burton. He joins us on the line. Vance, good afternoon. G'day, Chris Craney. Good afternoon, Vance. Uh, just a quick one, Kim Narkel's debut. We watched that. Very, very good. Got a lot of good feedback from players and coaches. Absolutely. So yeah, he uh, he got some really good feedback from uh, from our match day coaches as well. Um, and yeah, from what I understand, uh, for his first league game um, officially as an umpire, he um, he did impress uh, amongst the players and and the coaches, which is fantastic. Uh, especially being the the Sid Jackson Maguire Cup too. It was a, a pretty special day for Kim being able to wear our Indigenous shirt that he designed for that game as well. And uh, the big night, the night of nights for the umpires you've got coming up. 
Yeah, yeah, so that's coming up. So obviously we're now in the homeward stretch towards uh, grand final like uh, like the clubs are competing for. The umpires do exactly the same thing. Um, and uh, Friday, September the 29th is our, uh, is our presentation and awards night. So similar to what like, clubs do, we, uh, we present our, uh, the grand final umpires um, on that Friday night. We also have uh, life member awards, um, the president's award and the discipline award. So your boundary field and goal umpires of the year. And uh, we also do a rising star award, which is... Uh, I think that, if my memory serves me right, is the Ray Pulford Award. And, I mean, Ray's uh, been a servant of the game for a long time and still backs the umpires and still comes along on on that night. Um, and uh, we've got a big name as the MC again coming back, uh, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, so the, uh, it, we're looking forward to having uh, Roven Alan Crane around oh. the room again. I thought it was going to be Nay because she elbowed him out of the Eaton gig. I thought she <laughs> might have done the same with the umpires, but he's managed to keep his spot. No, I haven't no, no, upset anybody, the umpires yet, Chris. <laughs> Any matter of time. Uh, no, yeah. it's a great yeah, night. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a red carpet event um, with something we brought in last year for the first time. So uh, it's a formal a formal tyre event um, and a red carpet where we uh, – we get photos with the sponsors, signs and everything like that. So it's, it was a really fantastic night um, last year um, doing it that way. And I think you can vouch for that, uh, Al. Absolutely brilliant night. What about milestones for this week, Vance? Have we got any happening? So, yeah, so we've got three um, this weekend. Um, and young Henry King, uh, who joined uh, the South Football League as a boundary umpire. He's done 54 boundary games, and this weekend is his 96th field game. So that's for 150 South Football League games. So, wow, that uh, unfortunately, quick. we yeah, absolutely. But yeah, unfortunately, we look like losing Henry to Perth next year. Um, the the Waffle have got their uh, their eyes on him uh, big time for their development program in uh, for Colts football and so on. So. Uh, his gain, our loss. Um, this weekend, also, another another servant of the game. Been around a long time. Life member of the association. Aaron Andrews goes out to do his 300th league field game this weekend, which is a wow. huge, a huge achievement. Yeah. Massive. Absolutely um, massive. And then there's one other bloke. Apparently, he's the president of the association. He's doing his 350th career game this weekend. So... Obviously, doing goals this year it uh, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't take long to rack up that uh, that milestone. But yeah, three hundred and fifty games for me this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Unbelievable! Congratulations, mate. That is a uh, great servant to yeah, football. That's phenomenal. Oh, there's a there's a lot more than me, um, and uh, I mean, oh, yeah, there's guys that have done a lot more than me. But yeah, we we do what we need to do. Stay humble. I like it, mate, uh, as always. <laughs> Appreciate you jumping on, and uh, good luck in that 350th, mate. Uh, well-deserved milestone. You're, you're a champion. And appreciate you jumping on, as always. And Aaron Andrews, Thanks, 300 John. games. That's massive. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah, well done it to is. Everyone. And, I mean, hopefully he's got more, more to come. Absolutely. There he goes, Vance Burton, joining us here on On The Ball. And let's do this. Viva Let's get into the Lower Southwest Football League. It really is the business end of the finals as we are not far away from the grand final, in fact, and we are we only talk about it with one man, Weaver, who joins us on the line now. G'day, Weave. 
Afternoon, boys. How are we going? Very, very we well. We are very well. We, but I'll tell you what, pretty good game of footy. Bridgetown, 13 goals, 17, 95. Coach Nub, 11, 8, 74. And um, I thought Coach Nub held Paddy Farrant pretty well to three, but you tell me he didn't kick that straight. No, no, no. He kicked three goals, seven, so he still looked dangerous, Crony. But um, if I was a fullback, I'd take the three. Don't worry about how many shots he had. So, um, yeah, he still had enough supply to kick a, a decent bag, but uh, just a little bit off. But, uh, yeah, Bridgetown looked really good on the weekend to uh, move straight into the grand final. Lee Lucif kicked a couple and Smith kicked a couple, but Harry Taylor might be in a bit of trouble for coaching up. Yeah, he got a red card early in the last quarter, and uh, I'm not sure of the outcome of that. It didn't look much to me, uh, not that I know the bloke, so there's no bias from me. But, uh, yeah, let's just hope he got off because it just looked a bit too much for a red card, and I'm not disparaging the umpires or disregarding what they saw, but from where I was, it uh, he should be fine to go this week, I hope, and hopefully for coaching up as well. Well, you want your best players on the park if you possibly can. 13-17, Bridgetown weren't very... Accurate all up? No, no, they had a fair bit of the ball. They said, like, uh, Paddy Farrant kicked three goals seven. So um, he contributed most of those points. And, uh, yeah, probably sort of three quarters of those points were, were set shots on goal. So they had an opportunity to really stretch the game. But Cojan up hung in there, especially after quarter time. And um, it was a ripping game of footy. Played in really good conditions. And Imperials Oval looked really, really smack on. And, um, yeah, well done to that footy club for providing a really good second semi. Was that margin reflective of the game? I don't think so, mate. Like, um, I reckon Bridgetown probably should have won by 10 goals, to be honest. But, um, yeah, coaching up just hung in there. Their foot skills are really good coaching up. They're one of the better teams by foot. So, yeah, they're not going to give up. It's 100 years for them. So they're going to really try this week to get into the, the grand final and have another shot at Bridgetown. Well, let's move into this this week. They will, coaching up, that is, will take on Imperials at your home Ground, the one they call Weaver Oval, at 2pm. <laughs> they might have years ago, but not anymore, <laughs> I wouldn't think. But, yeah, look, it's a big it's a big uh, day for both Cozen Up and Imperials because they got both the reserves and league in. So I don't know how their numbers are going in both clubs, but, yeah, really big day. Um, Cozen Up probably be a bit smarting from the weekend, but be quite encouraged by the way they played the last three quarters of footy. So... I just think they might be a little bit too strong, but, yeah, they're pretty two-even teams. So, um, yeah, it should be a really good game of footy. It should be. It should be a massive one. And then they obviously take on Bridgetown in the grand final. Uh, what's your tip, Wave? Uh, coaching up, they, as you said, they're pretty decent against uh, against Bridgetown on the weekend, but Imperials, of course, are a very, very strong side uh, this season. Oh, look, I've seen both of them too, Chris. So um, the last time I've seen Imps, Imperials, they beat Bridgetown, but I think Coach up maybe by a couple of goals, maybe. All right. All right. Especially if Harry Taylor comes back, he could uh, if he gets off that red card, he'll be... Uh, oh, he's got to get off the red card. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. But, uh, but 100%, yeah. It's a joke that he even got it in the first <laughs> yeah, place <that's> right. <laughs> without having any knowledge of it. Um, no idea. Good on you, mate. Love your work as always, and we'll uh, chat again ahead of the grand final. All right, cheers, boys. There he goes, Waver talking Lower South West Football League here on On the Ball. All righty, this is the final few minutes of the show. On the Ball, SEN Spirit 621. Craney and Chris with you. 
Hope you've enjoyed it. I know we've had an absolute blast, Craney, as we head into the tips and the fixtures for the final round of the Southwest Football League season 2023. Yeah, it doesn't take long to come around, does it? There's no doubt about that. I'm just actually writing Darren Kenny's tips in, so you got to know who he who he is tips. He just flicked them through to me. Oh, good timing. Um, and you've got a bit of work to do. You and they dropped off the pace by two. Yeah. You're on 80. Yeah. And Darren Kenny has snuck away to 82. Anthony Gallagher, well, his season has come to a close because he's got 78. So even if he – unless he can get seven or eight this week out of five. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and the mystery tipper, well, he needs 17 on. No chance. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll skip the mystery tippers' tips. Uh, unlucky champ, better luck next year. Let's rip When are you going to reveal who that mystery tipper was? Uh, we'll do it. We might get him on ahead uh, of the grand final, maybe, or something like that. Maybe Let's do that yeah, because we'll, a we'll lot of people on. ask me who that mystery tipper is. We'll get him on at some stage for sure. But we've got to rip through this, Craney. We've been talking for a long, long time uh, this Let's go. afternoon with our guests. So. Uh, let's get stuck in South Bunbury. Take on HBL at Hands Oval. Yeah, big one at Hands Oval for South Bunbury. They were very, very good last week. There's no doubt about that. Harvey Bull struggled. HBL struggled against a very good Busso side. And look, they might get a couple back, HBL, but South Bunbury priming nicely. My tip is South Bunbury. What was uh, everyone else's tips? Uh, yeah, South Bunbury across the board there, okay. as, as you would expect. And I imagine it's similar for our next game as Bustleton take on Collie. Yes, uh, very much so. Look, Bustleton, they're, they're a very good football side. I can't see that they would let Collie get back into this game. Collie very good last week and they throwed a fair bit at it, but um, Bustleton very, very strong. Sunday's fixtures, Donnybrook take on AMR at VC Mitchell Park. And as you mentioned uh, near the start of the show, AMR finding a bit of form at uh, the wrong time of the season, right at the end, as they're getting a few players back. But Donnybrook have been very good. This is a very, very good fixture. It's not a bad one, is it? AMR has said been playing very good footy over the last few weeks. And Donnybrook had a bit of a hiccup against Collie. That take nothing away from Collie. They were very good. AMR heading to Donnybrook. You'd think Donnybrook on league ladder standings. But, gee, this is not a walk in the park. No, I'm going to tip Donnybrook, but I wouldn't be surprised at a cheeky upset from AMR. Well, Chris, Darren's, Kenny's picked Donnybrook and Nay Pierce has picked Donnybrook. I've changed my could, mind. I'm going AMR. Could be a chance to yep. sneak one back yep. there. Yep, put me in as Augusta Margaret River. It's all or nothing, isn't it? Exactly right. I've got nothing to lose at this stage after absolutely shitting the bed last week. Great. <laughs> Well, it was only a couple of weeks ago you were three up and looking like your home and host. Uh, I don't think I was three. I think I won ahead. I don't think I was three up. <laughs> Gee whiz, don't make it look that bad. Aiton and Dunsborough, um, this is our broadcast game here on SEN Spirit. Can the Boomers do it over the Sharks in their first season or will uh, Dunsborough finish off on a high? Well, there's not a lot on the line looking at the table-wise because both these sides, this is their last game for 2023. But there is a lot because both these sides want to build into next season and they're going to get real positives out of the last game. So that's what you're looking at. As I said, Eaton, they're sitting on the bottom of the table, take a miraculous effort for them to get off there, but they'd want to finish on a positive, as with Dunsborough coming into the league. So pretty good game of footy, I would imagine, out at Glen Ewan. Oh, I'm going to tip the Boomers. No, I'm not. I'm going to tip the Sharks. What's Darren Kenny tipping? Well, he's gone the Sharks, Dunsborough. Oh, damn it. I have to choose Eaton. All right, I'll choose the Boomers. I'll choose the Boomers. Funny you should say that. Nay Pierce has gone Eaton as well. But you don't worry about Nay. You're just on Darren Kenny's. So Come on, Eaton. 
If you went around, if Come I on. and I got over Donnybrook and Eaton got up over Dunsborough, but oh, this next one's no give me either. Bunbury and Harvey Bulls, the final game of the round. Yeah, look, Harvey Bulls are another one who's had a, a bit of a disappointing season, to say the least, and they'd want to finish their name uh, game season on on a high. But uh, Bunbury, they weren't at their peak last week, Bunbury. But having said that, they know where they're going to finish on the ladder too. Do they rest a couple or do they put their full squad in? Be interested to see which way Jamie Nani goes if he's got a couple of niggles. So not a gimme, but Bunbury, you'd think it'd fight back. Uh, I think so too. I think Bunbury will win, but you're right. Maybe they're just like, maybe they're going to do a bit of, they know they're locked in for fifth. Maybe they're going to do a uh, a bit of a resting of players, make sure everyone's fit and firing for the finals, Craney. I don't think there's a chance of that, but you never know. Mentally, it could be a time to switch off. I'm trying to make an excuse for Harvey Bulls because <laughs> I think I'm going to tip them because I think Darren Kenny's going to go Bunbury. Bunbury, yes. Oh, look, I don't think Bunbury will, but if you've got a few niggles or something like that, it might be a chance to do that. But and the way you've got it set up now, Chris, if you if AMR and Eaton come through, you and Darren Kenny will finish the season on level pegging and then we'll have to have a shootout. So, so I'm going to go Harvey if he's going Bunbury. You're going Harvey Bulls to take it, it on an outright. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Absolutely. No coward. Let's <laughs> do it. The problem you may have is Napier's might beat you. Yeah, oh, who cares? First, if you're, if you're first, you're last. You're first, you're last. That's Rainy. right. What a fantastic season we've had in the tipping. It's uh, um, It's been a good it's fun. Been really good. It's been very good fun. And I've even, um, I think we're going to explore the options of making it a bigger competition next oh, year. Oh, huge. So Absolutely huge. It's growing um, year by the, year. There is talk. <laughs> we started off with just you and Darren Kenny last year. Now we've we've got Anthony Gallagher. Nay Pierce, mystery and, tipper, uh, mystery tipper in there. So um, we might open it up to the listeners soon. We're going to well, that's the plan. So keep an eye on that because there's a lot of people who enjoy tipping for the Southwest Football League. Before we go, heard yeah. uh, I met I met with one of the uh, salespeople down in Bunbury, Libby, wonderful Libby, who did tell me a little secret that she's got a signed photo of you on her desk. Brady, <laughs> what is that all about? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure, but that's. I think uh, Jared, who was beer before, cut my picture out of the paper when it was in there and put it up on the desk, and uh, it's still sitting there. Would you believe? So how did it get signed though? You, you say you're like you're acting all humble here. Oh, I think he did it. He did it. But you <laughs> no, weren't, no, you weren't I, hesitant. You weren't uh, shy in signing it. No, actually, come up to me and I said, "Yes, I'll do that." It might be worth, might be worth nothing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was it was a bit of fun. So we have a, a great deal of fun. But, yes, it is still on the desk. I want one for my desk. Uh, if you send it down. S- still, Libby's great. Happy with that. But uh, I reckon it should be pretty hard pressed to part with that. So maybe uh, <laughs> I might get my own. And uh, I think Sam in the Perth office wants one as well. Sam Farrant, mate, you're a popular man. Maybe it will be worth something. Maybe. There you go, Sam Farrant. Yeah, uh, Very good man. He is a good man. And speaking of good men, you are a good man yourself, Chris. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, look at you guys. See you next week. See you at the footy this weekend. It's our broadcast game, Eaton and Dunsborough. Tune in on the SEN app. In the meantime, happy Father's Day. Craney, is that, is that this weekend, oh, next weekend? It is. Happy Father's Sunday, Day, everyone. Happy Father's Day. Shoot, forgot to get, got to get my dad something. I'm off to the shops. <laughs>